somebody ship this thing back to Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the Film Speak Podcast. My name is Dave. My name's Amanda. And I'm your boy, Adam. What's up? (laughs) And this is our weekly conversation about movies. Well, how was everybody's week? Uh, my week was okay. I had a really big, big exam this week, and I just got it over with this morning. And I really don't know how it went, because the last two exams I took for this class, I, like, walked out of it feeling super confident, but I really got, like, super mediocre grades, or, like, not great grades. So I really don't know how this one went, and I'm pretty nervous about it, but, like, whatever. Besides that, I'm chilling, though. How are you guys? pretty good uh mellow yeah just watching too much baseball it's uh getting to be too much <laughs> yeah i'm still like pretty deep in sports too it's like the second round of nba and uh the nhl playoffs which honestly the nhl playoffs i'm kind of like fucking tuned out of because the rangers won which is annoying and the capitals are about to like lose this series so i kind of am like out of it until Next round at this point, I feel like. But go every other team that's still in it. How about that? <laughs> what about... Oh, everybody else, anyone. I guess I'll keep talking. <laughs> um, but yeah. But yeah. <laughs> other than that, just chilling, you know, normal shit. We're going camping this weekend. Nice. So it's like it's like 1 a.m. No, it's like 11.45 at night. And I have to go to like a Walmart after this to like buy a bunch of camping shit. <laughs> Mainly just like snacks to have everything I need. Yeah, you gotta have snacks. Oh yeah, I need like lots. Of- you gotta have sugar to get through the day. All that other yeah. stuff. But yeah, I'm excited to go. Just like sit in the fucking woods and like let my mind relax. Shit, I'm always like an awesome thing to do. Yeah, hunt for Sasquatch. Yeah, what uh, what have you watched? The only thing I've watched besides baseball and the movie that we're going to talk about is the new DC animated movie, Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. Uh, It was based on a storyline from the 80s that's pretty much one of the definitive Teen Titans storylines. And I think they did a pretty good job with it. They had to obviously change some things around because of new team members. But, you know, I think they, they handled it pretty well. The fight choreography is always really good in the DC animated movies and I wish that they could translate that to the real movies on the screen but yeah (laughs) I've never seen any of those but I I feel like at this point I would much rather watch like any of that shit than Mm -hmm. than, like any fucking DC property I mean the majority of the week that I've seen have, have been pretty good so I mean I'd recommend you know definitely I'd say at least 50% of the ones that I've seen over, like, Batman Superman or Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. But, you know, so check those out. You know, if you are interested in, in the DC properties, you know, I'd say check those out. The only one that I didn't really like was Justice League versus Teen Titans because it was geared more uh, toward, I wouldn't say children, but young adults. You know, it could have been a lot better if it was more adult-oriented. And this Teen Titans one is a lot more adult-oriented, so it is a lot better. So, yeah, check it out. Word. Nice. Did you have anything else, Dave? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) No, Han. 
I didn't watch much this week. Again, I was I was really busy with school, so I didn't really get to to chill that much. But I did get around to watching Fifty Shades Darker, which is the latest Fifty Shades of Grey uh, movie that came out in the series. And wow! So this was actually <laughs> this is actually like my third time trying to watch the movie and um the last time that I tried to watch it I definitely know for a fact that I like got through the whole thing but I was um super not sober and I don't remember like the last like half of the movie uh which is really crazy because I I remember like I was in my bed and all of a sudden like I the end credits were rolling and I like closed out of it and I checked the time and it was like one in the morning and I was like whoa like it's one in the morning what happened and then when I was thinking about it the next day I was like I have no idea what happened in the movie so um it's super weird like I really don't I don't know if I like just fell asleep and didn't realize it but it was just really strange but um Thanks, Edwin, for your cookies. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so then, uh, oh yeah, so I waited a few weeks, and this is, like, the third time. Yeah, so I watched it sober all the way through. I know what happens, <laughs> and, um, I will say, like, one optimistic thing is that it was definitely a step up slash more interesting than the first movie, but it was still just, like, absolutely bonkers <laughs> this i mean it had a what oh yeah no it was ridiculous it had i mean it had everything it had stalkers it had um sexual harassment in the workplace it had a helicopter crash it had kim basinger yeah dude it was nuts and then um so basically it's like because the first movie ends with with the girl leaving Christian Grey and um within the first 10 minutes of the second movie they're like already back together and like already boning again and um yeah so I don't know I I really like the actress Dakota Johnson I like like her and other stuff and I've seen like interviews with her and I'm like oh this chick's pretty cool but her acting in this as well as the first movie like nothing much has really changed with her acting style it's just like so awkward and I like I definitely know that it's on purpose but it's like infuriating (laughs) there's two parts that I want to talk about specifically um because in the beginning of the movie they're like getting back together and they had um in the first movie it was like proposed to her that they had like a dom sub relationship with like rules and like a contract and like punishments and like weird like whatever and then um So, in this movie, in the beginning, she's like, okay, I'll get back together with you, but, like, I don't want anything to do with, like, these rules or whatever. And, um, so it's, like, a running gag in the beginning of the movie where she's like, we're gonna have a vanilla relationship. And then there's this part, (laughs) there's this part where they're, like, grocery shopping together, and they're, like, going back and forth with their, like, weird, like, witty banter and um she's like in the ice cream aisle and she grabs a pint of 
Ben and Jerry's um, vanilla ice cream and like tosses it at him. And she's like, uh, it's your new favorite flavor. Ha ha ha. I was like, can someone please just run me over with their car? And then, um. I like how Ben and Jerry's was probably like, you know, stoked to be like, they have their, uh, their product in like such a big movie. Yeah. that they're promoting their vanilla ice cream. I'm like, have you heard of fish food? Hello. Way more interesting. And then, um, yeah, and then there's this part where, like, later in the movie, they're, like, getting real serious. I'm pretty sure, like, 45 minutes into the movie, he's like, move in with me. And she's like, oh, okay. And, um, and so he proposes to her, and he's like, I want to marry you. And she's just like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking awesome. (laughs) Oh, and the whole time, the whole time, um, I mean, Kim, Kim Basinger is only like a small part, but she's like the old mistress, basically like the woman who taught him how to like do the shit that he's into. And, um, Anna, Anna, like, the main character, Dakota Johnson's character, like, just fucking hates this girl, which, like, rightfully so, because she's, like, a grown-ass woman and was, like, sleeping with this, like, really young dude and, like, abused him, but, um, every time she's here, Anna's like, oh my fucking god, and then, um, (laughs) and at the end of the movie, uh, Kim Basinger gets a drink, like, a cocktail thrown in her face, and Marsha Gay Harding is like, Get out of my house. <laughs> oh my it was amazing. Yeah, she's a uh, Christian's mom. Holy shit. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> she is amazing. Yeah, she's a really good actress. Um, I used to be yeah. very, very, very annoyed with her um, when I was younger. Well, I know. No, no, no. I mean, it's okay. No, like, I know that it was. I think it's like. She was a good actress because she, like, was good at being, like, that annoying, kind of, like, overbearing mother. Because I'm specifically... Are you referring to, like, Into the Wild? That and also the movie, uh, The Invisible. I don't know what that is. I want to say it came out in, like, 2007, but she's the mom in it, and it's with, uh, Justin Chatwin from Shameless, and basically he, like like just disappears and he's like in his subconscious just like walking around and like dealing or in like um witnessing what like his peers are like going through without him like including his family and including uh this like weird like angry girl that he has this like crush on but also like had to do with him like not being around i i don't remember if he actually dies or not but um yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen it at work, actually. I can't, I honestly can't remember if I, if it's, like, actually a good movie, but I do remember seeing it, like, a really long time ago, and she was the mom in it, and I was just like, ugh, this woman. <laughs> yeah, I, my moment was The Myth, have you ever seen that? The movie about, uh, like, the monsters that, like, attack this town, it's like a Stephen King Honestly... Story. I saw it when I was, like, 11, so I don't really remember gotcha. it much. Um, that movie's fucking awesome. 
Uh, especially, like, in black and... There's, like, a black and white version on, like, the DVD or Blu-ray, like, feature, like, bonus features. that like, so rad. But she plays this... Uh, I guess she's, like, a Christian. She's, like, super, like, harping it on, like, everybody in real life. And then, like, when this shit, like, goes down, she's just, like, the most, like, annoying fucking person. And I was like, oh, my God, this actress is, like, amazing and just, like, getting under your skin. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Yeah, she's cool. I didn't mean to go off on a tirade. I mean, honestly, her career is probably the most interesting thing about Fifty Shades Darker, I'm sure. Really, anyway. Uh, definitely one of them. There's also an actor that I really like who's in it, and he plays Christian's brother. Um, His name is Luke Grimes. And uh, I just watched, I mean... sounds familiar. Yeah, I mean, he, you would recognize him if you saw him, definitely. But um, he's, like, an attractive dude and, like, actually a really, really good actor. And he has this relationship in the movie with um, Anna's roommate. And it's way more interesting and seems, like, way more healthy than, like, the main focus of this entire franchise. Like, every time I see them on screen, I'm like what are they up to? Because they're just, like, on a beach and, like, loving their lives. And these two people are, like, kind of miserable. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> I would recommend getting trashed and watching these movies, but don't get too trashed, y'all, because you won't remember what happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I want to watch this, uh, I probably will have to, like, talk my girlfriend into watching it with me. Yeah. But, but, I'll, I'll report back if I do. Oh my god, please do. I would like to watch it all at once, you know, all three. Just get the, get the trilogy all in maybe one weekend. Oh, just you, you would want to wait to watch something all at one time. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wait till fucking breaking bad is over. Don't <laughs> I did the same thing. No, yeah. I, come on. I'm gonna do the same thing with Mad Men too one day. Mad Men's already over. I know. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I thought you. I thought you were saying that like you were waiting for it to end, and I was like, okay, but it already ended. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, shit. Well, Mad Men is something that gonna watch that ended a while ago but his his long-term plan is to always just wait until the entire series or something is over before he starts watching <laughs> i just watched the wire like five years ago for the first time i still haven't seen the wire you should yeah i know <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty good no, i like the wire a lot what did you watch fridley uh-huh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I haven't really watched, like, a whole ton of stuff. I've been watching some TV lately. Fargo is back for season three. And that's been pretty good so far. It's a lot different than, like, a lot, like, I feel, like, less exciting, kind of, than season two was. But not in a bad way. Like, I like that the show is something different every year, like, tonally and characters, like, you know, inspiration, basically, is, like, is always different and... I don't know. It's so it's good so far. Uh, Ewan McGregor is pulling like double duty. He plays two characters. They're brothers. 
But yeah, it's good. I've watched the first two episodes so far to go catch up on that, everyone. And King of the Road is something I've been rewatching, which is like keeping up with our like downtown conversation last week. I've been a little skate ripper rat dude. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been watching this show called King of the Road, which is basically like road rules or something, but it is like all skateboarding related, like Basically, they get, like, a... a There's, like, three teams go on, like, a two-week adventure. Like, all these, like, cities, but they really don't know where they're going at all. Like, it's just daily. They're getting uh, different places to go and, like, missions they have to complete and stuff. But at the same time, they have, like, a book full of, like, random shit that they can do to, like, earn points and, like, stack their points, you know? And then basically at the end of the two weeks, they, like, you know, go, they have this, like, like extra party, or this, like, party episode where they go through all the results and, you know, everybody, like, wins their awards and shit, but it's, like, a really fun show, uh, I'm on, like, episode four again, I think, which is, like, day three of the trip, and, like, these dudes, it's just, like, so crazy, like, these dudes are just, like, skating all day, like, as hard as they possibly can. And then just like partying, like nonstop. Other than that, it's just like it's really fun to watch. Like all these guys are like, you know, like they're they're all like really cool personalities. And I don't know, like the music on the show is really good and stuff. So it's it's a good time. If you like reality television, like quality reality television, I feel like this is like some top notch shit. Nice. If you like like cool shit and uh, you know you do you you like reality TV, but you don't like watching like fucking E, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's on Viceland, uh, so it's, like, really accessible, actually. Like, you can watch it online, you can download their app, like, on cable. But, um, that aired last year, like, last summer, and season two premieres June 8th, which is why I, like, wanted to rewatch it again, just because before, like, a new cast of, like, totally different teams are introduced, you know, I get to, like, hang out with these homies one more time. Nice. Are they pro skaters or are they just random? Yeah, so basically the, the, like, theme in the first season. Well, okay, so I'll I'll give, like, the whole history. Like, I'm pretty sure Thrasher has been doing this since, like, the early 2000s. Uh Um, That's who puts it on. But it was, like, a different scale thing, you know, before Viceland came along and, like, actually made, like, a television program out of it. I think they used to do, like, you know, like, almost, like, webisodes or, or some, like, update oh, okay. um, type of deal. I think this is how it used to go. Or, like, you know, maybe maybe it was a similar show, but, like, on a different scale, basically. Like, it was only, like, online and whatever, but, you know, it's, like, they actually have, like, people, like, filming them do all their shit now, so... Yeah, like, you know, it looks good and stuff. But basically, uh... You know, the three teams last year were Birdhouse, Toy Machine, and Chocolate. And it's like a combination of guys. Like, they're pretty much all pros except for, like, one or maybe two guys, like, on a team or, like, amateurs. Or, like, they're, like, what they call flow guys. Where guys are, like, young, aren't on the team, but are, like, flirting with becoming, like, you know, an amateur on the team or whatever. Like, minor leaguers. Pretty much. Like, yeah, it's like they have, like, the full range you know and like then they all have like a driver and like they all have like their own fucking filmer and you know it's it's cool so 
Yeah, it's really, really fun show. There's only like 10 episodes, so you can like really burn through that in an afternoon or an evening or something, you know. Are they an hour or half hour? Uh, they're an hour, but Viceland is all like very commercial heavy, so I feel like they're probably only like realistically like 40 minutes when it's like, oh, okay. you, know, you would be watching it online or something. But yeah, everybody should check that out before this new season airs. It's awesome. Um, and yeah, and the last part of the other like movie I watched that's not something we're going to mutually talk about is The Rock, Michael Bay's The Rock. Uh, I watched it like in like a fever dream at like 5.30 in the morning the other day because I couldn't sleep. Have you seen this movie, Dave? I have not. Okay. Basically, it's, you know, like a, like an action movie, an action movie guy's like sort of like romantic drama, kind of like. And I, I don't even mean because there's, like, a love story, but there's, like, all this, like, fucking weird music. Like, it feels like it, he's trying to, like, convey emotions <laughs> through, like, these, like, action set pieces. And I guess, like, to an extent, he does it, but mostly the movie just, like, feels, like, incredibly fucking silly to me now. Like, you know, it's, like, it, it basically is, like, uh, Michael Bay wanted to turn fucking that... Well, what is the... I can't even think of the real prison name. Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Yeah, Alcatraz into, like, a playground. <laughs> and that's, like, what he does, basically. But Nicolas Cage is here, like, not doing his, like, best crazy Nicolas Cage, you know? And not doing his best, like, okay, I'm working with a good director, so I'm actually going to be, like, awesome in this movie. But he's, like, somewhere in the middle of that. So it's, like, you know, mid-level Cage, and everyone else seems to be having, like, a good time, but mostly, like, the dialogue is... Hella stupid. I know a movie that we all watched except except for days. (laughs) What is it? We fucking tried to get him to watch it. No, uh, this week we chose like the main movie, uh, The Silence of the Lamb. I did watch that. Because (laughs) (laughs) Um, director Jonathan Demme died. Yeah. Rest in peace. Like pretty fucking innovative. And he's always, like, throughout his career doing, like, what he wanted to do, it seems like. And, uh, I don't know, there's, like, something about these movies to me that very, like, human, no matter, like, how, like, what the circumstances are, like, they just feel very, very, like, true to how, like, a situation would really unfold, sort of. I don't know, like, uh, like, I personally watched Rachel Getting Married this week, uh, for the first time, and that movie, like, like, fucked me up, man. It was so good and just, like, so real. And I think, like, the perfect movie to watch of his, like, on the week that he died, maybe, because it seems like a lot of him is, like, coming through in that movie. Like, I don't know. That movie's really good. And Hathaway plays, like, an alcoholic who is going home for her, uh, her sister's wedding. And I don't know if she's just, like, trying to keep her shit together while she's, like, dealing with her family, which is something that's, like, tough enough at times, you know, but when you're, like, an alcoholic and you can't really control your shit anyway, it's pretty difficult. Uh, Yeah, that movie was really good and just so, like, genuine and, like, I don't know, I love movies about weddings and just, like, families that have to, like, come together and, I don't know, like, this movie, like, she's getting married to, her sister is getting married to, she's, uh, like, a white woman, and she's getting married to, like, a black guy, and, you know, the movie never once, like, brings that into it, and not because, like, it 
I mean, it's just not necessary. And I, like, really appreciated that. And I don't know, like, you, you feel like even, like, in, like, really good, like, movies about weddings that are, have to do with, like, like a, a family that interracial or a relationship like that, like, they, I feel like that's, like, a trope all the time. It's, like, movies are based around that joke, you know, but it's beautiful to, like, see something that's just, like, there's none of that in there at all because it doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just cool that that's how I feel, and it was, like, such a reflective, I don't know, just such a good movie to watch, like, this week, I feel, so... Rest in peace, Jonathan Demi. But yeah, we both also watched Married to the Mob. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, um, I did. It was my first time seeing it, actually. And there is a lot that that I found interesting. Um, a couple of the things, I'm going to wait until we get into Silence of the Lambs, um, until we get into that discussion before I really go right. into it. But, um, no, I... Yeah, again, it was my first time watching it. It was honestly, I mean, at least from what I can remember, it's the first, like, mob movie that I've seen that doesn't, like, depict the men as these, like, super macho, like, mafia badasses, you know what I mean? And, um, I don't know, um, the 80s fashion is incredible and was, like, killing me the whole entire time, um... Alec Baldwin was in it for 10 minutes, and I love him, especially, like, young Alec Baldwin, because he used to be a babe. Michelle Pfeiffer was and still is a babe. And I also just, like, just a really, like, comical part of the movie for me, and something that I realized that I just, like, always love to see is, like, like, the flock of the bitchy Italian wives that, like, happen to be in every single mob movie, and they're always just, like, so fucking funny. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's because I, like, see them in my own family all the time, but, like, they're always just, like, outrageous and, like, up to up to their own shenanigans and just, it's just always really fun. Like, that was a definite, yeah. like, really funny element to the whole thing. Um, Joan, Co- Joan Cusack was, like, oh, my God, I fucking love her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's great. Yeah. She's funny in this. Yeah, I had never seen this movie before this week either, and uh, I don't know, I kind of wanted to, like, like, I looked at his whole career, and besides, like, his music stuff, I I think I picked, like, three, I mean, like, Philadelphia seems like it could have been in one of, like, these categories, but I don't know, like, Rachel Getting Married was, like, the, like, the dramedy, this is, like, the comedy, and Silence of the Lambs is, like, his fucking thriller. So I don't know, I, I purposefully wanted to like watch Married to the Mob this week just because I was like, I'm, I'm not always a Matthew Modine fan. He's like very challenging for me to look at at times. And I'm not knocking the guy because he's like, a, he is a really good actor, but I just don't ever like seek him out, you know? Is that the guy and, who uh, plays Tommy? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't know, like, so I was like excited to watch a movie that I'd never seen before with like two people that I don't you know, I don't have any problem with Michelle Pfeiffer, and I really don't have any problem with him either, but I just feel like I never, I never seen, like, movies that where those actors, like, really impressed me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. More, I guess, like, Michelle Pfeiffer back in the day, a little bit, but... Yeah, uh, honestly, I, I think it's just, like, the time that I grew up, but, like, 
Michelle Pfeiffer has always been later in her middle ages, like, since I was younger. So seeing her, this is, like, the first movie I've seen with her in, like, a younger role. So I yeah. I definitely enjoyed it, and, like, it's, like, a completely different way of viewing her, so. Yeah, I mean, she's, like, she's always just been Selena Kyle to me, because, yeah, I grew, up, I grew up watching Batman Returns, and she plays Catwoman in that. She's an icy-looking lady with the high cheekbones and the eyes. My God. Yeah, she's uh, she's like devastating to look at, like in like a great way. Just, yeah. Like, demand your eye. I'm no. pretty sure if she ever no. glared at me in real life, I would like just fucking like, oh like God. crumble. Is this a Medusa conversation? She's hot Medusa. Oh my God! Yeah, she is. <laughs> I knew it was coming for Hell you. fucking yeah. Don't fight for it. the first produce that we've come across. I'll take it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this movie other than like, I was like, you know, when you say that Alec Baldwin is only in the movie for 10 minutes and why he's only in the movie for 10 minutes is just crazy and I don't know, like, the movie was doing things that movies of that caliber, like, usually don't do, and it was, like, going, like, to pretty fucking dark places that, I don't know, like, but still remaining, like, having its charm the whole time, and, and purposefully being funny, you know? Yeah, I loved the part where they, um, where they moved, where her, Michelle Pfeiffer and her son move into the, like, really shitty apartment, and he's just like, why... Uh, he's like, why is there, like, a bathtub in the kitchen? And she's just like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this movie's cool. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I'm um... I'm probably personally gonna do... Like, I wanted to do it this week harder, but, like, other shit came up, but I want to watch, like, all of this guy's movies just because I've never seen Philadelphia. I've never seen The Manchurian Candidate. I've never seen... There's, like, a movie he did with, like, uh, Danny Glover and Oprah Winfrey, that, uh, Winfrey that's apparently really good, called, oh, called Beloved, um, which is, like, based on a book about, like, a woman who was a slave and is, like, visited by, I think, like, may, maybe I'm getting this wrong, like, is visited by, like, a ghost of her former self or something or, or, or something like that, but, uh, yeah, I'll probably be watching that movie this week, those three movies specifically this week, so... Maybe next week I can talk about them more. Yeah, definitely. Something, I mean, I, really the last thing that I have to say that, I mean, I guess could probably just, like, lead into the next part of our discussion is that, like, it's super, super interesting to me that this is the movie that came out before Silence of the Lambs. And it came out three years beforehand. So it's kind of, like, a definite jump from this to Silence of the Lambs. I mean, they're both completely did, different did he movies. Did make another movie in between those? I'm pretty sure he did not. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, obviously, they're two completely different movies with, like, like two completely different calibers, but it is interesting that, like, he made that jump, and, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, pretty crazy. Yeah, no, that is, that's crazy, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I wonder if, like, there was something going on there where he, like, I don't know, was, like, looking for work and found Silence of Lambs, or if it was, like, the opposite. Like, he, who knows, like, maybe he was, like, signed on to that early, that's why he had to wait, or 
don't know. That's that's weird because it seems like he's like a pretty consistent filmmaker, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess like I guess again, four years, really, three or four years is a huge gap. For some guys. Well, I know a movie we all watched. Silence of the Lambs. Oh. I, was, I thought we were doing the silent joke from before. Oh, are we? Should I do it again? No, we're not. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we watched Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. Um, For our listeners that may not be familiar with this movie, um, it's it was directed by Jonathan Demme, and it came out in 1991. Um, it's about a young FBI cadet played by Jodie Foster who has to confide in this, like, super manipulative killer, um, Hannibal Lecter, who's played by Anthony Hopkins. And um, she needs to do this in order to, like, get his help catching another serial killer who's, like, out lar- at large, and his name is uh, Buffalo Bill, and he's nuts. <laughs> Buffalo Bill. <laughs> um, I don't believe it's any of our first times watching this movie. Um, I've seen it at least ten times, and it just really never gets old. Um, it holds up really, really, really well. Oh, yeah, shit. I, I, didn't realize that, I, I didn't realize that you guys had both seen this movie, like, that many times. Uh, uh, I've seen this movie a shit ton of times, yeah. Well, that's crazy. I am really glad that you have, but <laughs> I've always seen this movie like in its entirety like four or five times like actually that's like a big number like three or four times actually okay because it like scared the piss out of me when i was a kid not the movie but like the hype around something called the silence of the lamb was always just like so puzzling for my brain to like wrap around you know what i mean like i was very freaked out by it at a young age so i didn't really like seek it out a while I was kind of scared of it even though like I've been into horror for a long time I don't know why like Hannibal's face was like a, a scary thing to me back in the day I think it was like the his like mouth guard thing like that cover mm-hmm. yeah that. As, like, as like a kid that poster was like, terrifying and like the opposite version of the poster is uh, the Jodie Foster or like the female with like the butterfly like right mm-hmm. on her lip she's like so so weird and like challenging for someone like my age back then um uh, i yeah, actually I, I fucking love it too now like so great yeah I, I mean i do too definitely i definitely when i was younger i don't think i i saw this movie until probably until high school but um when i was young it wasn't the first movie out of like all the Hannibal movies that have been made that I saw because when I was um I think I was like in I was either in fifth or sixth grade I saw um Hannibal Rising have either of you seen that no no that's after that's that's like a prequel right yeah it's a prequel but to my knowledge besides like the Hannibal TV show it's like the last one that was made but yeah I I saw that one when I was super young and that movie scared the fuck out of me because it was just like really like gross at parts like I mean I think more so than Silence of the Lambs was but I also like didn't really I mean I don't think I really saw Silence of the Lambs at like a super super impressionable age but, um, no, I don't know. That that movie was, like, my first impression of, like, 
the existence of Hannibal Lecter. So seeing Silence of the Lambs after it, I was just kind of like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, mine was Hannibal. Like, Hannibal came out right when I started to be like, oh, like I'm like a little bit of like a movie guy, I feel like. (laughs) And um, I saw that, but I don't even fucking like really remember that movie. And it didn't leave like a big impression on me other than like, I was always just, like, a little weirded out by Anthony Hopkins, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, after a certain age, I was always like, okay, like, what's, the, what's like, the big deal with all this whole fucking franchise? And then, like, I learned that this and Manhunter, which is, like, the first movie that deals with all this stuff that Michael Mann made in the 80s, that movie's awesome. But Silence of the Lambs, I think, is, like, the best yeah. Best, for sure. Yeah, I, I've I, seen. I don't know. I don't know which villain I like more, actually, of like do, but Buffalo Bill in this movie, like that guy's performance is. Oh yeah. Fucking awesome. Like, Crazy. Yeah, he's great. So, so I think that maybe what like makes this take the cake for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think this movie's rad. It won like a bunch of awards. Yeah, I actually have that written down. Um, this movie was released in February of the year that it came out, and when the Oscars were held, you know, of like February the next year, almost like thirteen months after its release, it managed to win five Oscars. Um, it won Best Picture, Best Actor and Actress, Best Director, and um, Best Ad- Adapted Screenplay. And I just think that's, like, super cool and super impressive that, like, a movie that came out so early in a year, like, just really, like, sweep yeah, the like, floor. Yeah, that's, like, unheard of now, I feel like. Yeah. I wonder what other movies came out, like, in 1991. Yeah, I'm definitely not sure about that. I should have read up on that, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah, just curious. Was this something that you saw, like, in the theater days? I never saw it in the theater. I've just watched a lot, you know, throughout the years. I mean, like, what was, like, the, was there ever, was there, like, super, like, hype around this movie, or, like, I mean, like, you've been a guy oh, yeah. around that stuff for a long time. I just want to know, like, were people, like, actually, like, terrified of this thing, do you remember, or? I don't remember, like, the, a lot of the hype around it. I just know that there was a lot, a lot of hoopla around the movie, you I'm know. Just, like, sort of curious about just the, like, the acting performances. Impact. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Yeah, I don't know, I'm just curious, because, like, this movie just feels very different from, like, most movies in general, you know? Like, mm. I, I don't know, I love the, like, the whole, like, the small town vibe that is, like, throughout this entire movie, but you're dealing with, like, such, like, weird fucking, like, taboo shit. Like, a guy who's, like, your main focus of the movie, who's, like, fucking eating people, but he's also this, like you know, elegant, like, you know, soft-spoken man when he wants to be, and he's, like, the key to this whole thing. I don't know. I really like that. But I also like that, like, uh, it's not some young, like, hotshot male character also. Yeah. Or some... I mean, like, I know Jodie Foster in this movie, like, she... Or her character is, you know, gets, like, sexualized a lot. But it's nice... And this is not a knock on Jodie Foster. It's nice that, like she isn't, like, an overly, like, like stunningly beautiful woman. I feel like that would have, like, taken me out of the movie had, like, say, like, Michelle Pfeiffer been cast. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't, I, I kind of just like that she's, she's like an everyman 
type of character only but like she is i guess just like looking back through like thinking through like the rest of this series like well i don't know is julianne more like this, a similar character does anyone have any idea um i saw i saw hannibal a couple years ago i don't i don't really remember gotcha. i kind of feel yeah, like I mean, she's like, the same uh william peterson is like playing this type of character in Manhunter and there's like somebody like another male character playing it uh, Will Graham in like Hannibal the TV series and I, I can't speak for Hannibal Rising but uh, I don't know it's just like cool that she's like a strong female character but isn't like for you like the viewer like it's, she's not taking me out of it like and I really like that about Jodie Foster actually that she kind of unfortunately gets these like really awesome roles but like has like made her like own career for herself like playing these roles that other maybe like more like sexualized actresses like wouldn't have gotten yeah and i don't really know like where, where i'm going with this but it just i was like thinking that was like interesting you know it's a different thing but, with her and throughout her and I mean, pretty much throughout her entire career, I feel like she's, like, withheld that certain standard that you're talking about. Like, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just cool. Like, she gets to just play characters that, like, are mostly, unfortunately, it seems, like, reserved for male roles, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, did you ever see, like, Elysium? No. Yeah, she's, like, you know, the, like, the, like, angry, screaming man in that movie, basically. She's literally just, like, yelling the entire fucking movie it seems. I don't know it's just like it's, she's Jodie Foster is always someone who's like been cool to me I feel yeah shouts out to Jodie yeah I'm and a big fan of her that she's like an active like director still and like I don't know she just is like doing like whatever she wants like Jodie Foster is a really cool person it seems yeah no I okay. definitely agree um but yeah uh I guess like something I had like thought about was like the setting Set, like I mentioned it a little how like it feels very like like down homish. But like for for me it like actually does because like I grew up like, you know, traveling to like West Virginia all the time. Like I've been to like parts of like the country that look exactly like where, you know, like this shit is like being filmed and I don't know, there's like some weird like thing for me where I don't know, like how Buffalo Bill is just like in a house when they end up like finding him you know like yeah then like a un- unsuspect the unsuspecting like suburban thing uh is something that like has always like freaked me out and this movie's like a really like perfect version of like that thing like it does mm. that really well like it kind of like was cool for me to see like the east coast like on screen like that too it just like looks fucking beautiful like everywhere they are yeah uh, i guess like they must have filmed a lot of this like in ohio or like in west virginia like that area because it it definitely like seemed like like those neighborhoods uh seem very similar to all that kind of like rural places mm-hmm. yeah Coast. something i mean since we're like speaking about visuals uh something that i i definitely didn't realize it at first while i was actually watching but as i was like reading more about this and about jonathan demi in general um he has a hyper focus on people's faces and like more specifically their eyes and like once somebody pointed that out it kind of like 
hit me in the face all at once pretty much because I was like whoa that's like very very much true especially in this movie whenever like anyone is talking to each other but especially when like Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster are talking to each other there's even parts um I'm thinking of a part with uh Buffalo Bill actually yeah so there's this part with uh Ted Levine where it's literally like it's like his face but um it like the bottom half of it is cut off at the bottom of the frame and it's like just his eyes and like there's just so much of that and um I was reading about that while watching Married to the Mob and I was even able to like identify some of that definitely not as present but um as it is in Silence of the Lambs but like yeah it's definitely there and I thought it was like super super cool because I mean there's like so much emotion conveyed through like just a look especially in this movie and uh Jonathan Demi did a really really excellent job of just like really zoning the viewer in on it that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about is uh Hannibal Lecter's eyes that was I noticed that it was Every time you see him, it was mostly the focus, his eyes, and he just didn't blink. It was almost kind of like he was trying to hypnotize or just kind of see through any kind of defenses that you had up. He was just kind of, I don't know, poking at your defenses the whole time while just having you focus on that. Yeah, it's super... Anthony Hopkins is so fucking good in this movie, but, um, like, really, this role, I guess, uh, you know, I'm sure, like, the other Hannibal, at least his performance holds up. But, yeah, I don't know, he, there's something, like, super cool about that, how, like, right off the bat, like, you, when, like, she's talking to her chief, he says, like, don't let him get into your head. And it's, like, the whole time, like, I feel like as a viewer, I'm immediately, like, on edge, and then, like, it just seems so easy. And I'm always, like, where is, like, the tipping point of, like, her going to, like, being able to, like, fall into his trickery? Like, where where does that work for him, you know? But I think, like, the beauty of the character is that he won't tell you when he's already got what he wants. Like, he's still going to, like, string you along. Yeah. And, like, lead you a certain way. And, I don't know. It, it's, it's super, like, intellectual and cool. I, like... Hannibal as a character. Yeah, me he's too. Like someone that he's like the ultimate character that you like. You need something from, but you know that like he's basically like just like plotting the entire time. I don't know. He's he's such an interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. He just kind of like lures you into a mental maze. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. He's like a spider, for real. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't mean this in, like, a... Like, in, like, a sexual way, but he's just, like, very predatory <laughs> on, like, everyone that yeah. he talks to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. He is, like, but in, like, a weirder way, where, like, she goes down the hallway to, like, meet him for the first time, and on, like, you know, her way in, someone says, like, I can smell your cunt, and then his answer to that is to like like he wants to know how she feels about it yeah you know you know sort of so like he like asked her but in like a direct like indirect way you know because he doesn't want to be vulgar but he mm-hmm. needs to know like that's his way of being sexual yeah like, he wants to, he literally wants to like mind fuck you like it's weird definitely very like uncomfortable though like he yeah i mean like she gets like her cum or some man's like come like thrown at her Ugh. and he's still like he's still like the most like 
like devastating person. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and also, like the fact that Hannibal's like not even the bad in this movie. Yeah. But he's who he's who she has to. Like the whole thing about having to like get through him to break down the wall is. I don't know. It's so weird. And like it's it's rewarding, or it's like it's like anti-rewarding, sort of. Also, because you know, at the end of the movie, when they like find him, just like it's like a phone call. And the FBI's like, yeah. Like, we got him, blah, 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 you know, I don't know, it just, it feels so weird, like, uh, I guess, like, so, do you guys want to talk about, like, Buffalo Bill at all? We can. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how do you guys feel about that character? Very, I mean, he's terrifying, he, like, really is, but it's, um, it's, he's definitely one of the most, like, in-your-face villains, because it's, like, his, like, strange fetishes and everything are also just like really like aired out to dry for the viewer to see um in like explicit ways like the whole like i mean the legendary like dick tuck scene are you kidding yeah yes yeah he's uh he's interesting he's like interesting because you know he's he's a very tragic person but like you you from the get-go have like you have you like already have your mindset about him because you know that he's out there like killing people but then like you come across this guy he's like not the first beast but like when you see him like fuck his dick in the mirror like there's weirdly something like very human about that in a weird in like the weirdest way possible where like he's he's being his like full version of himself you know even though he like fucking is like a maniac who has like a woman like in a well in his house and he's gonna like fucking use his like part of a skin suit <laughs> I don't know like he, he just it's so weird how like I, I I weirdly feel bad for that guy but not not in any way like what he's doing it's more just about about like a person being sort of like trapped and having to like resort to doing something that fucking weird but not even really like knowing it you know like I don't know like he's he's like crazy but he's not he's not like purposefully <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, he, he isn't, um, he's not, like, your standard predator. Like, he is doing something very specific, I guess, and that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I can't really, like, mentally identify a similar villain. Yeah, I mean, I can think of people that are, like, I guess, like, you know, sort of, like, mentally as, like, confused as him, but he just seems, like, yeah, he's like in his own fucking world. You know what I mean? Yeah, wasn't he? Like, wasn't he like loosely based on like a couple like real life serial killers, like Ted Bundy being one of them? Um, I don't know. I know that I'm pretty positive that this like Hannibal Lecter character is like in a bunch of like there's like a handful of books, and I think he's like a villain like originally from one of the books. But yeah. maybe that character was based on a, an amalgamation of things or something. Yeah, um, I think I read that on Letterboxd. Like, so I forget the other two names because I wasn't familiar with them. But they were saying they were saying that Buffalo Bill was like loosely based on like a couple, or I guess like maybe they didn't really know what to do with him to make him as like far out as he is. So they like pulled characteristics i don't know um i'm not completely yeah. sure about that yeah i mean well like the skin thing that was a thing i'm pretty sure yeah like want, wanting to wear skin 
<laughs> yeah, this movie is where I got the phrase "wear my skin" for when any dude is being remotely creepy to me. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really fun thought. I mean, <laughs> yeah, whenever a dude is being movie. creepy, I'm like, whoa, is he about to wear my skin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of the time, he probably does want to. Yeah. <laughs> you got such nice skin. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's, like, something... Uh, also, like, about this movie where everyone is sort of, like, everyone's attaining, like, trying to, like, attain a goal, but being, like, completely, they're all, like, away from each other. You know, like, Jodie Foster and Hannibal, like, I guess they get together, but they're, like, separated by the cage. Buffalo Bill and, like, his victim, like, she's in, like, a fucking well, so he, like, doesn't have to look at her, kind of. Yeah. Deal. Like I know it's mainly about uh, uh, it's mainly like about escape, you know. But like he's kind of like as long as like he can turn up his music and like get away from her, like you know, not have her like in his sight, he's fine. And like the whole time she Jodie Foster's like chasing. I don't know. Like there's like there's always like somebody with, like motivation to like do something for themselves, kind of. But also like. I guess Jodie Foster's really, uh, I don't know. I'm just talking. I, I, like, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I was trying to, like, find a way to, like, talk about how, like, the girl being in the well is, like, a thing. But that scene is, like, fucked up when the touch, like, pulls the dog into the well. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, not my dog. I know we're not there yet, but I would recast the dog. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, ooh, recast is going to be interesting. Uh, tag yourself. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. I like how this movie also, there's like something about like the 90s and just like the fashion and like the fact that everyone has to like drive everywhere. I feel like this reminds me so much of like an episode of The X-Files like a really good episode of the x-files where like the higher up people are like involved but like the you know the rogue agent has to go like figure out the case basically mm -hmm. and you know there's this like blooming crazy fucking like weird thing that's going on it feels very like x-files x-files ish but in like an awesome way i don't know if those were around the same time or not when did the x-files start 1993 Oh shit, so this predates the X-Files. Yeah. That's awesome. I wonder how much, like, the X-Files, like, like, actually he was, like, thinking about it. Like, when he created it, like, like, thinking about this movie. Because, I mean, it's like, there is, like, a lot of stuff you could draw, like, from the two of those, but mm -hmm. either way. I mean, she's not dealing with anything supernatural, so, but I guess I just mean the, the like, the FBI like procedural like drama but with yeah. like a weird twist in it fucking love the X-Files shout out Mulder and Scully <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I do like the the suspense when the cops or when the cops the FBI goes to the house where they think that Buffalo Bill is oh yeah it ends up being you know an abandoned house or, and then uh, Jody Foster finds the guy happens to be by accident yeah yeah that just kind of like stumbles onto him and like oh my 
crazy. Yeah, you that like to to get like you know all the get all the cops to like come in and just take him down and. Now it's just like her, like, you know, like, hey, I just need to ask you about a guy who used to live here. Yeah, right. Well, you know. well yeah, it's crazy because, like, you know, like, that's sort of how I was saying earlier, how, like, literally it's just like, oh, yeah, like, we found the guy. And it's like, it seems like it's like this fucking easy breezy thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, then they pull the, like, carpet out from under you again. Which they already did with, like, the, like, Hannibal fucking, in the, like, in the ambulance scene, um, which is amazing, by the way. Right. You know, they pull the carpet on you again where you don't know that those two people, like, you know, you don't know that Jodie Foster isn't with that crew, I feel like, until, like, the last second. And then, like, fucking, there's, like, the cut scene with, like, the, the FBI, like, raiding that place, and then it's, like, Oh shit! Like she's like walking up all like nice and calm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my god! Like it's so terrifying. I don't know. Yeah, she's in like, the house. Because you were like are a step ahead at that point, which is like a fun, playful thing this movie does all the time. But it puts you ahead of other characters, type of deal. I was gonna say that, like that part where like the rest of the whole crew is in the wrong place and Jodie Foster happens to be like at the right, like right place at the right time that is like the starting point of like that whole climax there with between her and Buffalo Bill specifically and that was just like a oh, really nice crazy way uh, oh my god <laughs> um yeah. yeah yeah the um i don't know that like starting that whole entire part in like the whole pace I mean I wouldn't say the whole pace of the movie I feel like the movie's pace is pretty consistent but like the chain of events that like completely change at that certain point is just so crazy yeah like for sure. the last like 20 minutes of the movie is just like whoa yeah it's it's wild that scene with the fucking night goggles is like amazing and like a oh, yeah. game changer yeah, and he's just so like awesome. centimeters away from her face. Yeah, he's she like just has he's no like, idea. So close, but it also like is like puzzling, and like the fact that he like sees her, like like he's like playing with her, like something about Buffalo Bill is so like puzzling to me. But uh, yeah, yeah, that seems fucking wild. Like all of a sudden, just like the like I don't know, like the view of like the camera being like the the POV and like the fucking camera is almost having like the lenses on it's just so so rad and then Hannibal sneaking away fucking wearing a I'm having wig. a friend for dinner <laughs> well yeah he's, he's chasing down that doctor in the, from the beginning who is uh, pretty much antagonizing the whole time it's like you know that's gonna come to bite you in the ass this guy's way smarter than you yeah, and you're just literally. you're poking him in a cage you know he's gonna get out and he's gonna fuck you <laughs> He's gonna eat him ass first. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> With some fucking uh, Chianti and Farva beans or whatever. Fava beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this review uh, on um on Letterbox that was like when you order lamb for dinner, but you prefer Homo sapiens, so you gotta cook your own meal. <laughs> It's yeah. awesome. I was like, congratulations, <laughs> you just rocked my world. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also love this movie. I'm glad that I 
The circumstances of, of revisiting this movie are obviously sad with the passing of Jonathan Demi, but um, I'm I am glad that I revisited it. I'm always happy to to rewatch this movie. Yeah, yeah, we should uh, like be, be talking about maybe like you know doing like a director like thing or something. We should just like mutually at least for in this case like keep watching his movies and as we like see them, we can talk about them or whatever. Yeah. Because he's a very, he's a very interesting guy. Yeah, definitely. Remember, he's gone. So, uh, also, one little thing that I wanted to say about Jonathan Demme, this isn't Sounds of the Lamb specific, but it does ring true. Roger Corman is in, like, all of his fucking movies, which is awesome. That is awesome. Because he, you know, got his start directing, like, he directed, like, Caged Heat, and, like, not women in cages, but, like, actually it might have been women in cages. Some, some, like, thing like that back in the day, like, uh, like, Roger Foreman produced, like, the movie, and, uh, it's just cool that ever since then, like, he's had, like, a, a like, role for fucking Roger in his movies. Pretty cool. Yeah, rest in peace. You guys want to play the, the game that we fucking struggle with every week? Oh, yeah. Sure. I would recast, um, the dog. I would recast Precious. With a cuter dog. <laughs> okay. You gotta give me, like, a dog for another movie. Okay, I would recast Precious with Toto from the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, word. <laughs> I would yeah, recast Toto. Buffalo Bill with John Lovitz. Ooh. That'd John Lovitz? John Lovitz. Think Dude, about you it. You should just Completely watch... Completely uh, changed... Uh, you should watch Little Nicky. He's like basically the same character. No, <laughs> uh, really? I mean, Little. You have ever seen Little Nicky? I have not. I have. Uh, the like opening scene of Little Nicky is Jonathan Lovett. John Lovett's like in a tree watching like some. He's like watching like a woman undress, and then he falls and hits his head, and he goes to hell for that. Because like a peep and Tom, and they, the devil puts boobs on his head. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would, you would fucking love little <laughs> Popeye's love. chicken. Like, I, I've never, I no, I can't think of another movie that like more for you than little Nicky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, I guess like, I like another like silly movie like that at least. You should fucking watch Little Nicky. Oh yeah. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is in Little Nicky. I forgot about that. Oh wow. Yeah, he's like uh, has the, the, he's like the priest in the subway. That fucking movie's ridiculous. I don't know why I'm talking about it so much. I mean, um, I'll just tag myself. <laughs> okay, I have I have a tag for myself as well. I mean, I, I don't want to tag myself as Buffalo Bill, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can see you wearing some skin. I mean, do I? Like, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> 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 I guess I'll be, I'll, I'll tag myself, I'm Jody Foster. Okay. <laughs> nice to meet you, Dr. Wacker. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Starling. Oh my god. What about you, Dave? Uh, I would tag myself as the girl in the well because I'm a great big fat person. Oh my god. 
Um, okay. Alright, you know when um, Hannibal Lecter cuts off the guy's face and wears it? Yeah. I'm the flesh mask. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, a thing that could be fun with this game, like the tag yourself game, actually is like would be like potentially if you had like a, a, a light, like a line of dialogue that you like from that character or like an impression or something. Oh yeah. Just to like throw a wrinkle into that could be fun. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I know I just did my Jody and Foster, my Jody Foster impression, but while I was doing it, I was like thinking like. Oh, this would be a fun wrinkle to this. Yeah, no, that would be really funny. Word. <laughs> Alright, do you uh, guys have anything else you want to say? No. No. Okay. Alright, well that about wraps it up for this episode of Film Speak. If you like what you've been hearing, make sure you check us out on social media. We are on Instagram at FilmSpeak, Twitter at FilmSpeakPod. We have a Facebook page. We are on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Uh, Speaking of SoundCloud, we see you, Josh Wolf. We do see you, Josh Wolf. <laughs> shout out to Josh Wolf, film speak enthusiast. My my little happy birthday boy. <laughs> I just also wanted to for real give a shout out to my homie Nick Graves, who's about to turn thirty. That's why we're all going camping this weekend. Nice. So I know that he's probably listening to this, and uh, you're the man. Happy birthday. Yeah, Nick happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> yeah, Graves. One year old. Graves. It would be cool if your name was Rob Graves. <laughs> cool if your name was Jake uh, Graves. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, right, guys, well, if I hope kids. We got names for you. They're already picked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's your birthday present from Phil Speed. Children's names. Oh my yeah. God. All right, peace. All right, bye, y'all. Have a good week.